Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it is June 12th, it's 2019, and we have 12 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, Genifro7. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? It's it's a real sad day for me because quite possibly my favorite pitcher in the majors not only left my favorite team for the Yankees, but also lost me a ton of money today, and I would have been better off just playing two people that weren't even playing today. It's... it's I had a whole bunch of Houston, Milwaukee, and a bit of Coors stacks, and they all had packs in them. So uh, when you get negative points from your two pitchers combined, it doesn't really go too great. Yeah, you know, those are the days you just um, chalk them up, move on to the next day. Um, we were talking pre-show. I got lucky. I didn't have a lot of packs then. I don't think I had any packs, to be honest. Um, and, you know, Paddock didn't do anything great but when you have a 22 point swing from those two pitchers it's a huge day um so yeah but yeah ready to move on ready to talk about this next slate if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor make sure you head on over there check them out fantasydraft.com sign up to the rotor grinders links that way you get access to any cool promos that we run with them plus you'll get three months of rotor grinders premium for fantasy draft um once you make your first deposit and start playing over there so if you haven't checked them out, make sure you check them out. Um, we're going to start with this four-game early slate because DraftKings does have a slate. So if you're listening afternoon, then you can skip ahead. Uh, the times should be right there in the Roto-Grinders page. We start Oakland at Tampa. Brett Anderson, Yanni Torinos. Um, any interest here in Brett Anderson? I mean, this slate is beyond awful when it comes to pitching, so... Anderson's my favorite pitcher on the entire slate. When you incorporate Price, he's only 5,600. You got some bats you want to pay up for. The Rays have struck out at a pretty decent rate versus lefties so far this year, and Brett Anderson's not a good pitcher by any means, but he's a decent ground ball pitcher, and like the strikeout upside is a lot bigger than people realize. He had five in his last game versus Texas, a similar team that is not great versus lefties. So... I don't like any single pitcher on the slate. By default, Anderson with the savings is the best option. Yeah, um, all these pitchers stink. You know, you, you kind of talked about it. You know, you're, you know, Chirinos is probably the best pitcher on the slate, and he's a ten four. Um, I'm going to do the best I can to save as much money pitching and just load up on the bats and play one team. Uh, that's how I'm going to approach this slate. Um, but yeah, I think Anderson's certainly in play. Like you said, they strike out a lot against left-handed pitching, 25.9% um, on the season. You know, for the righties and the lefties as well, they, you know, they strike out at a big clip as well. So, yeah, it's a good spot for Anderson. And, you know, obviously we just don't have a ton of options here. Um, as far as the other side, like I said, Chirinos is probably the best pitcher on the slate, but that's not saying a lot because he's the most expensive pitcher on the slate and he doesn't typically pitch deep into games. Uh, he did throw 101 pitches and pitch eight innings against Boston last time out, but that was the first time they like really let him keep going. Um, you know, he was at one point, uh, I think it was Toronto, right? He was at 69 pitches throwing a no, no, and they pulled him. Uh, so uh, what are you doing here with Trinos? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if I'm going to play any of them. Um, he is the best pitcher on the slate, and the only reason they let him go up to 101 the last game is because he was pitching a perfect game and then gave up a few walks, few hits, and they just let him pitch for a while. He does have 91 the start before that and then 101 in the last one, but 10-4 that's going to draw ownership is never really a good play. There are a lot of good bats on the slate. Um, from raw points, if you're doing cash, which I highly suggest against on the slate, then Trinos is the guy, but... Um, you're probably going to struggle to get up there and get the bats you want. I I would suggest a full-on fade of Trinos on the slate. Oakland is a good team, and granted, they're worse versus righties than they are versus lefties, but they're still a very good hitting team. So I, I'm, I'm full-on fading Trinos. 
I will say one more thing really quick, though. Um, he does throw a ton of sinkers, and this team does profile really well against sinkers. So if you're looking for another reason to fade him on this slate, that's you know another reason why you could potentially look at it. I'm not playing cash games on this slate. If I was playing cash games, I'd probably play Trinos, but I'm not playing a cash game or lineup on a on a four game slate. I'm just gonna, like I said, I'm probably gonna play Anderson and Descalfani and just hope I get 30 fantasy points for my pitchers. So, um, any interest in the Oakland bats here? I mean, yeah, Trinos is gonna be chalk. You said that they profile very well against sinkers. Well, the reason is they're all fly ball guys. Um, looking all the way up and down their lineup against righties so far this season, the worst fly ball hitter is Piscotti at 36%. And so there's so much power in this lineup. It's a small enough slate. I do have some interest in the power bats, a little mini stack of Olsen, Chapman, Davis. And if you really want to add in Simeon or Piscotti is fine. But uh, those three main power bats going against an extreme ground ball guy when they're extreme fly ball hitters, I like them. It's a good way to leverage on the ownership of Trinos in all likelihood. So I, I, I'm in for a little Oakland mini stack, and I think they could do some damage here. Yeah, I don't know if I end up on them, but I, those would be the three guys that I'd play. Uh, Chapman, Davis, Olsen. Uh, the Tampa side, you know, I don't hate Garcia or Diaz here, but really uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to pick on Anderson. Um, he does not um, typically get blown up by righties. He gets a lot of ground balls. I guess the other guy you could look at on DraftKings is Travis Darno. Um, he's starting to show that power against left-handed um, pitching. Yeah, Darno has been fantastic recently. Um, he'd be the guy that I'd target, but you know what? Fam is fine. Diaz is fine. Garcia's fine. Adamas is fine. Arroyo, uh, Darren, all of them are fine. None of them are great. So in all likelihood, not great ballpark. Guy that gets a lot of ground balls. Ball's going to be put in play, but not a huge equation for success on this slate. So I'm a pass considering the last, the next three games have 9.5, 9.5, and 12.5 uh, totals. A lot of runs to be scored on this early slate, that's for sure. Anthony Descalfani against Zach Plesic, uh, nine and a half total here in Cleveland. Um, Zach Plesic is actually a 136 favorite. Um, any interest here in Anthony Descalfani? Um, I mean, it sounds like he's your second guy. I'm going to stay away. Just ridiculous fly ball, hard hit rate, splits versus lefties compared to righties, and there's probably going to be seven lefties in this lineup. People are going to look at Descalfani's numbers and likely play him a little bit i'm gonna full-on fade it's a terrible idea i think uh just considering how significant his splits are he's his sliders his out pitch um so that's why he struggles so much versus lefties he doesn't really have a great pitch for lefties here and so he's gonna get in some trouble i i'm a full-on fade of Descalfani. yeah i can certainly see why you'd fade him um i'm looking at him I haven't decided if it's going to be him or it might like I might play Porcello or Lynn. Um, Lynn's a little bit more than I want to play, I think. But I will say, like, the thing that stands out to me for Descafani is just because there's just not a ton of power in this lineup. I know he gives up a ton of fly balls. Um, so that, that's kind of what's standing out to me uh, a little bit here. But yeah, if they're going to roll out like seven or eight lefties uh, when I start seeing this lineup, it's probably going to be a spot that I stay away from as well. I like him more against right-handed heavy teams. So, uh, Plezik on the other side of this game. Any interest here in him? He's my SP2, and it's not remotely close. Uh, this kid's been decent. People are going to look at the numbers, look at the numbers versus lefties. It's only a 27 pitch sa- or a plate appearance sample size. And yes, he hasn't struck him out. He's given up some a 200 ISO, but uh, this is a part where looking at plate IQ is really useful. They have a 433 Woba against this changeup but only a 307 CX Woba. He's actually got a decent changeup. Doesn't give up a whole lot of hard contact. So he's due for some positive regression against lefties here. And people are just going to see that there's seven lefties, six lefties that are going to be in this lineup and probably stay away. I'm all over him. I mean, he's had a few decent outings since he's been in the league here. Not a huge strikeout pitcher, but the uptick of velocity is better uh, than his double-A number show. What he did in triple-A is a little bit more representative. Big... K's all the way up and down this lineup outside of guys like Votto, outside of guys like Winker and Iglesias, but the rest of the guys have a decent uh, decent K numbers here. Please ask the SB2 and it's not close for me. 
Yeah, I could get behind playing him for sure. Um, yeah, he's looked really good in his last few starts. So has some upside, you know, as far as that. He pitched really well against the Yankees. Um, didn't do terrible against the Red Sox and then pitched well against the White Sox. So I certainly see it. Um, I can get behind it. Uh, as far as the Cincinnati bats, I don't mind looking at like a guy like Dietrich or Winker, even if you are playing um, Plezik on this slate. Yeah, Dietrich hits the ball very, very hard, and I don't know. These are just off the off the napkin no- numbers, but I'd, I'd say it's like a ninety percent chance he gets a home run in any given plate appearance. That's it's just how he's been playing so far this year. So him as a one-off, no problem with that. He's just crushing the ball, and I'm willing to ride the hot streak here. Winker's fine. Outside of them, I'm probably just staying away. Like I said, I'm R on Plesek, so uh, stacking a Cincinnati team is not in the cards. If Plesek turns out to be the top overall play by a wide margin, then maybe I'll change my mind a little bit. Uh, but as of right now, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm playing anyone outside Dietrich as one-off. Um, as far as Cleveland goes, you know, you talked about Descafani. I think Lindor and Santana would be the two guys that I'd look at. Um, I don't hate Jake Bowers. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about here as far as Cleveland? Full on stack them. They're the top stack on the entire slate here. Descafani is going to get some ownership. People are going to try and go and get those Coors bats or stack Boston up. Indians have a five implied run total and Descalfani has a 300 ISO versus lefties. Ramirez has power. Santana has power. Lindor has power. Uh, Kipnis has a decent amount of power, even though it hasn't shown this year, and he's playing the ball and play a whole lot. Bowers, Martin, Nyquin, all of them are very much in play. Just do a full five-man lefty stack here, and you're gonna, you're just gonna cash all those, all those GPPs the entire time. Yeah, I I don't hate it. Um, I don't think they're the top stack on the slate by any means. I think um, if you can get the Cubs, you get the Cubs because they're facing a, a guy that throws fastballs and fastballs only in a day game in cores. But uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I just I'm done with Jose Ramirez until I start to see something. Um, he's just been absolutely terrible this season. I know his price at 3,500 is very appealing, but he has four home runs on the year. You know, the OPS is sitting around like 580. Like, it's just not a spot that I'm going to play Jose Ramirez until he starts crushing the ball. But it's kind of it for me as far as Cleveland. Let's move on. Cubs and Rockies, uh, 12 and a half total here. Cole Hamels and Ant- Antonio Sensatella. Uh, any interest in Hamels here? No. I mean, it's course. I'm just going to stay away. I have slight interest, like very slight. Um, just because nobody's going to play him and this team is not very good against left-handed pitching. So I have slight interest. Um, it's really just deciding which SP2 I want to have. And it's really going to be putting Anderson in, putting some bats in, and, and just kind of deciding where I'm at price-wise but because I really don't think it matters as much. And I think he has some upside here. Um, Sensatella on the other side of this game, I, I kind of already said it. He All he throws is fastballs, his fastball sinks, and this team's going to crush him. Yeah, I don't need to say anything else. Um, Cubs, just uh, anybody that you want to play on the Cubs today is in play. Yep. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's that simple. Sensatel's not good. It's Coors. It's great hitting weather. The only reason to fade him is ownership. Yeah, Cargo's 3,300 uh, if he's back in the lineup. Yep. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting sick of having to play him every single time. It's paid off last time. I, uh, two days ago, first day in Coors, but I don't, I don't want to have to play him. <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't want to either. But when you get him at that price, it's just ridiculous. Um, Rockies, you know, I know it's Hamels, but it's Nolan Arenado against the lefty. Ian Desmond's been good against lefty. Story. Um, anybody else that you want to play here? Target the righties. It's Coors. The stacks in order. Like Blackman's probably one of the top tournament options because people are going to pay for Story. They're going to play pay for Arenado and Blackman's just going to go completely over or moderately overlooked on a lefty lefty matchup. And Hamels has been good to lefties this year. He gets a whole bunch of ground balls, but uh, he is obviously playing in Coors and he throws a sinker 31% of the time to lefties and it's not going to sink as well. It's just that simple. There's thinner there. So Blackman is probably my favorite one off here and you should include him in every one of your stacks. Yep, fair enough. 
Um, last game on this early slate, Texas at Boston. It's a nine and a half total. It's Lance Lynn. It's Rick Porcello. Porcello, 150 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Lance Lynn? Um, yeah. Lance Lynn has been good this season. It is going against Boston, and there are going to be three to four lefties in there, which obviously he's not nearly as good of a pitcher versus lefties, but this year he's kind of kind of been a bit better, only giving up 110 ISO, 315 WOBA. He's not walking a ton of them. The strikeout upside isn't there as much with the lefty, but still striking him out at a league average rate. So I don't mind. Lynn's probably my third favorite option on the slate. Like if I have the extra – 1600 then i'll go up to lynn from police act but uh people are going to play boston people are going to stay away from lynn because boston's a tough matchup so i'm 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 fine with lynn here yeah uh you know obviously um i, I think lynn's uh, in play he's been really good recently um as far as fantasy points goes and as far as pitching goes he's only allowed one home run in his last five starts um has at least eight strikeouts in three of his last five games, four of his last six, and five of his last eight. So, you know, this is definitely a spot that Lynn's been showing some upside. And, you know, the Red Sox, you know, they're a team that can strike out, but they're not a team that typically strikes out a ton. So it's kind of iffy spot on Lynn, but he will be very low owned facing the Red Sox. Rick Porcello on the other side of this game, um, he's a bit, you know, a guy that, you never know what you're going to get, um, I think, is the best way to look at Rick Porcello. Yeah, and he's obviously been way worse versus lefties than righties this year, and he's going to face a few of them. I've had no interest in Lynn. I mean, this Texas team is good enough, and they're decent. Ver- they're good versus righties. and like There's K upside all the way up and down it, but I just don't play Porcello with his 7.7% swinging strike rate. Um, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you on the Texas side? Uh, lefty power. Uh, that's like Porcel is only striking out lefties at a 13.6%. So Guzman and his high K rate and Odor and his high K rate are both fantastic plays. Gives up a decent amount of fly balls and hard contact. Texas is going to go entirely overlooked considering that they have one of the lowest implied run totals on the slate, but still 4.3. This is the best hitting weather on the entire slate. Uh, it's the only game in the 70s, I believe. Or No, I guess the Cleveland is too, but it's still the best hitting weather here. Mazzara, Chu, Santana, Cabrera, Odor, Guzman, and Pence, because he can hit anyone, are all great plays. I like the stack here. Um, it's a great, I say low ownership spot, but that's comparatively for a four-game slate. Yeah, I certainly don't mind looking at some of the Texas bats. I prefer the lefties, Chu, Mazzara, Cabrera, Santana. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you can look at these guys uh, for upside for sure. Uh, as far as Boston goes, um, you know, Betts, Ben Nintendi, JD, Devers. I don't mind the top four guys here, but I, I don't think I'm going to go travel down to the bottom of the order against Lynn today. Full on fade outside of Ben Nintendi and Devers. Um, ben Nintendi's going to be pissed getting ejected yesterday. Yeah, I didn't even see what happened. All I know is. It cost me some money. Um, but yeah, yeah, Angel Hernandez being Angel Hernandez. Gosh, when are we just going to get robot umps? No, don't do it. <laughs> I mean, it'll make my job easier. But uh, yeah. just, just Devers and Benintendi, that's it. All right. Um, let's see here. Let's move on to the main slates. Um, we get started with Toronto at Baltimore. Edwin Jackson against David Hess, 11 total. Don't think that total is high enough. Uh, Jackson's a 121 favorite. Yeah, Grant. we're not using these pictures. Yeah, <laughs> Grant. It's <laughs> 2019, and we got Edwin Jackson against David Hess. Um, yeah, let's load up on the bats on this game. Let's start with Toronto. Um, who do you like here against David Hess? Or should the question should be, who don't you like here against David Hess? Honestly, I don't know if I want to use any bats from this game. Um, they're going to be chalky. A lot of people are going to be on both of them. But book says fade. I mean, Evan Jackson's more of a just guy that, like, he can get a little wild. He doesn't give up. A, he isn't going to give up a ton of home runs, I don't think so, against this team. I, I really don't. 
I really don't think there's just going to be a great spot for bats as Vegas has it pegged at. Honestly, I'd take the under. Hess is an underrated pitcher. Edwin Jackson has not been good, but he actually held down the Yankees pretty well. It is not great hitting weather over in Baltimore, considering it's only 73 degrees. Dew point's not going to be that high. Weather's just blown straight right to left. I like the numbers say play Rowdy, play Vlad, play Grichik, play Bezio, um, play T Oscar. But I think the better move in tournaments is to full on fade this game. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I'm not going to do that, but I hear you. Edwin Jackson's allowed eight home runs and 19 in two thirds innings this season. He's been absolutely awful. Um, and, and we know how bad David Hess is just in general. Hess has those games where he pitches well. Don't get me wrong. I, I certainly like the Baltimore side of this game um, more than I like the Toronto side. But even the Toronto side of this game, I, I like this side of the game as well. Um, you know, Hess does throw a slider. Uh, so obviously that, that helps him here. But his slider stinks. Um, I, I just think this is a spot I'm going to load up on bats. Uh, you know, you mentioned Tells Vlad, um, Grichik. My probably my three favorite guys from Toronto, but Baltimore, you know, Santander if he's in there, Mancini if Cisco's the catcher, I think he's in play. Like VR, Nunez, all these guys are in play for me. Yeah, no, I understand it. I'm just, I'm gonna fade. Uh, if I was gonna play one, it would be Vlad and Grichik, probably the two guys. Hess is actually decent versus lefties. His slider is trash. But his changeup isn't too bad here, and his curveball's not the worst in the world, so he can he can get lefties out pretty easy. But righties, he's still going to give up the huge amount of hard contact, huge amount of fly balls, and it fits perfectly for Vlad. Um, yeah, I, this is a game that I'm certainly going to be targeting, and these guys are like kind of underpriced too. So you know, I, I like that aspect of this game as well. So. Uh, Arizona at Philadelphia, Merrill Kelly against Zach Eflin, nine and a half total here. Um, any interest in Merrill Kelly? Nope. Kind of burned me his last time out. I stacked against him and I've stacked against him pretty much every start, but he actually pitched pretty well <coughs> against Toronto. Um, in his last start, he's actually had two really solid games back to back. I think he comes back down to planet earth here. I think Philly's a good team. We'll talk about here in just a second. Um, any interest in Zach Eflin? I mean, I'm just not going to play him until I see a great outing from him. Um, He did decent last time going up against Cincinnati, but he still walked four batters. Getting a little wild. Didn't really figure things out entirely in AAA. I'm just not going to play him. Yeah, and he just he he stinks against lefties, and there's a lot of lefties here that can you know hit him. Uh, let's talk bats here. I think uh, Marte, Peralta, Escobar, um, even Alex Avila, catcher needs to be guys you're looking at here. And I'll play Dyson, honestly, and Marte. People still don't like to pay that much money for these guys, but yeah, Arizona may be my favorite stack on the slate. It's being played over in Philly. Not a bad ballpark. It's going to be warm enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're not just like when you incorporate ownership. We saw this exact same scenario a few days ago, which is with Eikhoff, only Eikhoff is better versus righties. Eflin, Eikhoff, both of them struggled greatly versus lefties, and they all, Eikhoff got taken out of the park multiple times. I think it's the same thing here. People aren't going to play Arizona bats nearly as much as they should. The Vegas implied total here at 4.3 is not high enough. I am. I'm, I'm expecting it to go a little bit higher on the Diamondback side. I think that they're easily one of the best stacks on the entire slate. Yeah, I like them uh, quite a bit here. Uh, I'm kind of right there with you. I think this is a good spot to look at them. And um, I, I think I end up more with like three of these guys in a full stack, but I, I certainly like Arizona a lot. Um, I like Philly too. I think this is a really interesting game stack. I know Merrill's coming off a couple good games, but this guy – is a guy that just gives up a ton of hard contact and a team with a bunch of power with Hoskins and even Jay Bruce now and Harper. Like, I think this is a spot I'm going to be looking at. Maybe like a three-on-three game stack here uh, from this game. I'm probably not as high on Philly as you are. He does give up a lot of hard contact, but you look at his pitch profile and most of the things he gives up, or most of the pitches he gives up hard contact on. He gets a bunch of ground balls. His slider, changeup, um, cutter, and his sinker are all 
50% plus ground ball pitches. So I don't think he's nearly as bad as other people think. That being said, I will play some Philly bats and the ones I'm going to immediately target are going to be Hoskins, Segura, Real Moto, and Kingery. All right. Um, fair enough. St. Louis at Miami, eight total miles. Mikolas against Jordan Yamamoto. Um, any interest here in Mikolas? Yeah, his price tag is a little bit appealing, um, but you don't generally see upside. The problem is this Miami team's so bad. I think it's a little bit more of a cash game play, but I will throw some shares of him in tournaments. I have about three guys in the 7K range that are all very good plays, and one's a drastically better, drastically better upside pitcher that we'll get to later. But I, I think Mikolas has to be in play a little bit considering he's going up against Miami, and he has been just lights out versus righties this year. Only walking him at 1.9% clip, getting a 53% ground ball rate. Only a 272 WOBA, and this is a good ballpark here. I I think I you pretty much have to play some Mikolas in tournaments, and probably he's your SP2 in cash. He's certainly going to be the guy that I'm looking at as my SP2 in cash. You mentioned a lot of stuff about his you know ability to get righties out. Same reason that I played Dakota Hudson in cash yesterday and, you know, talked about him on the podcast. Um, so this is certainly a spot that I like Miles Mikolas. Um, I like him for cash in tournaments. I think he's in play on both, both formats here. Uh, the other side of this game, Jordan Yamamoto, um, a pitching prospect with the Marlins. This guy actually came over from the Brewers. He was part of the Yelich trade. Has really good strikeout stuff um, in AAA or AA, sorry. 10.1% uh, swinging strike rate, 24% K rate. Um, more of a ground ball guy. Doesn't give up a ton of home runs. His biggest issue, like a lot of young pitchers, is walks. Um, but, you know, I, I've read a lot about him before we got started here. And he sounds like he has a live arm. And they feel pretty good about him. Uh, about a 92-mile-an-hour fastball with... Um, you know, a, a downer curveball is what they were talking about, uh, but it's been a very consistent strikeout pitch for him. So uh, any interest here in Yamamoto? Yeah, I don't think he makes my build. I understand it, but just the way the slate's going out, there's multiple guys in the 7K range that I'd rather go with. Um, St. Louis is not a bad hitting team here, and they draw a lot of walks. All of them are very patient. 10% walk rate for virtually everyone on the team this year versus right-handed pitching. A I have no interest in Yamamoto, even though he does have some decent strikeout upside. Really only 23% in double uh, A so far this season. The jump from double A to the bigs could get him into a whole lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, he went to the same school as Marcus Mariota. Oh. Interesting. Um, I was reading about him a little bit more, but... I have some slight interest. It really just depends on how many teams I end up making. Um, when you when we dig into the slate, there are some 7K pitchers that I like. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, I think he's a guy that needs to be on the list just because of how many righties are in the Cardinals lineup. And if he does have a good curveball like what you know I've read, he certainly could pitch well enough uh, to pay off his price tag. So um, I don't mind stacking St. Louis against him, though, um, just because, like, if they do get to him, that Miami bullpen's not very good. So it, it's a spot that I don't mind looking at some of these St. Louis bats. Yeah, if I were going to, it'd be on FanDuel or Yahoo where there's a higher whatever for walks and for RBIs. I could see him giving up seven runs but not giving up a home run. So over Miami, he doesn't have that bad of stuff in terms of limiting home runs. Uh 10% home run to fly ball rate in the minors, and he was an average ground ball pitcher. So I don't expect a whole lot of home runs. It's just going to be some doubles, some singles, and a bunch of walks here. I don't mind the stack, but, again, I'd probably try and target a little bit more on sites where it's more advantageous for RBIs, runs, and walks. He has to have, like, the coolest name, right? Like, doesn't he get the award for, like, coolest name, like, now in the majors? Yam um, Yamamoto? Gosh, no, the coolest name is Loveland. Um, yeah, Dick Loveland, I think, for the Royals. Isn't there a guy named, like, Love Child or something, too? Something like that. Um, anyway, I don't have any interest in the Miami bats. I'm going to fully fade Miami here. It's Love Lady, not Loveland. Uh, Love Dick Lady. Love Lady. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm not going Miami at all. 
Um, Pittsburgh at Atlanta, Mitch Keller against Mike uh, Sorka. No total in this one. Any interest here in Mitch Keller? A little bit. He does have some upside. Like looking at his AAA numbers here, he had a 11k per nine, around to 20 or around a 30% K rate here. He does get a little wild. Atlanta's obviously a tough team to go against. Not someone I really plan on uh, targeting pitchers against. But his price tag of 7K is just too cheap. He's one of those other guys in the 7K range that's getting me completely off of uh, Yamamoto. But Keller's one of my – like, I'm probably going to stick with all pitchers in the 7K range today, and Keller's one of them. He's got some upside. There is a bit of strikeouts here. Uh, looking at his stuff, he like he sh- should be normal splits. So the lefties in the lineup don't really worry me that much. So I, I – I really like Keller today, and I think that he has a bunch of upside if he can continue his strikeout rate like he did in the minors. Yeah, like Mitch Keller is top prospect in the Pittsburgh organization. He is a top four right-handed pitcher uh, prospect in baseball total. So uh, obviously he has the stuff um, to go out and have a good game. It is a tough matchup, like you mentioned. He struggled in his first matchup against Cincinnati at Cincinnati. I'm kind of on the fence with him, Grant. Um, I, I think he does have upside. Tournament only for me. Um, just because, like, Atlanta is not a team that typically strikes out in bunches. So, like, that's my worry. And they're hitting the ball really well right now. So, it's kind of an iffy spot for me. I think he has the upside. But I certainly think he has downside as well. Um, any interest here in Sorka? Nope. Uh, rather go with Barrios. Rather go with Verlander. Hate his price. I'm a huge Sorka fan. Everybody knows that. I talk about him all the time, but really hate his price in this one. I like him a little bit more on the road too. But I will say one thing about him: he's only allowed one home run this season. He's been very good um, at keeping the ball in the in the ballpark. Just ten nine is a really tough ask when you're looking at him. I, I do think he has upside, but when you have Verlander for four hundred dollars more, you can go down to Barrios or Luke C. It's tough to play Sorka, but I wouldn't be shocked if I end up if I play five teams today and I have one team with Sorka on it just because I know he has the upside to go out and pitch really well against Pittsburgh and he doesn't typically get blown up and I love that. Yeah, yeah, no, he's I getting blown up here. <laughs> yeah, you might have just jinxed it. Thanks, now. Yep, totally jinxed all it. in on Pittsburgh sacks tomorrow. Sorry, Sorka. Um, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you for Pittsburgh? Bell is a one-off is fine, but I, I mean, like you said, he doesn't give up a whole bunch of bombs. He's a good real-life pitcher. This is not a great hitting team in Pittsburgh, so yeah, I'm just I'm out. Yeah, he just uh, Bell, Bell and Moran would be really the only two guys that I'd be looking at here. Uh, as far as Atlanta that goes, if you're not playing Keller, or if you are playing Keller and you get a bunch of exposure to Keller, I think a hedge stack. Or if you're not playing Keller, I think you can look at some of these Atlanta bats. Just he's young. And he has good stuff. He throws, you know, 97, 98 miles an hour. He has good stuff. It's just, you know, is he going to have it or is he going to struggle like he did against Cincinnati? So I don't mind looking at Atlanta here. Yep. Yep. Right there with you. I'm fine with some Atlanta bats too. Strikeouts don't necessarily mean home runs are going to not be there. These guys in this uh, Atlanta lineup can all hit bombs. Watch out for Donaldson. He may not be in the lineup. He's appealing a suspension, but. Who knows? Maybe he just decides to give up. Uh, so Freeman, Marcakis, Donaldson, Acuna, Albies, McCann, Riley are all good plays. They can all hit a bomb. I'll have a hedge uh, full stack, but I'm taking mostly one-off bats with power here. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movement so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Rotogrinders a free stock like Apple, Ford, 
or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at fantasyfix.robinhood.com. That's fantasyfix.robinhood.com. Move on to the 8 o'clock games. We start with Seattle at Minnesota. Tommy Malone against Jose Barrios. Nine total. Barrios, a 230 favorite. Uh, any interest here in Tommy Malone? Nope. No, I mean, Minnesota is an incredible team. Uh, and Malone's not that great of a pitcher. He's pitched a little bit over his head so far this season. So no Malone for me. Yeah, and, you know, they kind of let us down a little bit um, yesterday. But Minnesota is still a team that's rocking and rolling. So I'm not going to. It's go a letdown when they get six runs. That's how good it is. is. It is a letdown. That's how good they are this year. It's a letdown, um, especially when the home runs come from guys you don't have. Um, letdown. <laughs> um, any interest here in Barrios? If Verlander wasn't on the slate, I'd absolutely love him. Um, I still like him a lot. I still think you play him a decent amount in tournaments. Seattle is a team that just has a bunch of strikeouts and. Barrios kind of a splits neutral guy, um, throws a nasty, nasty curve and has a decent change up here. So he can still strike out lefties at the same clip. And there's a lot of strikeouts and not too much to worry about outside of Vogelbaum and Encarnacion. Uh, Seager's fine. Alex Smith is fine. But none of these guys are really great. Like they're, they're playing a bit over their head so far this season. They're regressing quite a bit since the beginning of the season where they were the top team in terms of hitting home runs in the league here, Barrios is playing at home. We all know that that's a good thing for him. He does have decent home runs, road splits, and the weather's only going to be 66 degrees outside tomorrow in Minnesota here. So I I really, really like Barrios. It's just I can't definitively say I'm going to have tons of him just because of Erlander. Yep. Uh, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, he's not my least favorite in this range. Uh, but he's not my favorite. Like I like Luke KC. Uh, we're going to talk about him when we get there. He's probably the guy that I'm going to be using in cash instead of Verlander because I want bats. But I like Verlander more than I like Barrios and Soroka. Um, yeah, it's just kind of where you're, where you land at in this range. I think Barrios is a guy that I, like I will have exposure to uh, just because of the strikeout upside. Also, I like lefties more than righties against Seattle. They still have a lot of power in this lineup, left-handed power. Um, what are we doing with the Seattle Bats? Uh, Vogelbach's a fine one-off. Encarnacion's a fine one-off. When he gets hot, he gets hot. And he's pretty hot right now. Um, Vogelbach can hit the ball ballpark at any given time. Seager's fine. But I'm not really targeting Seattle Bats. It's more lefty power for me. Yeah, Seager's starting to settle back in um, after being hurt and being out for so long. He has a really good price tag. He's eight for his last 36, but he does have, you know, home runs in three of the last five games. So it's tough to really judge the beginning when he got back. You know, you have to look at what he's been doing recently. Um, so I don't mind Seager here. Um, just pure upside plays, you know, like Vogelbach. Uh, as far as Minnesota goes, they're going to get an opener to start, but Malone's going to come in. So I, I like Minnesota here. Um, going right back to the well, right? No reason not to. I know they, you know, didn't hit leak as much as I thought they would, but it's still a good spot for them here. Yeah, no, I Minnesota's my favorite stack on the entire slate here. They're good and they're facing a lefty. It might keep people off of it a little bit because you got guys like Rosario, you got guys like um what's his name? Well, I can't remember. Kepler if he's in the lineup there. Polanco better versus righties, but um they're probably going all gonna be batting at the beginning of the lineup here. They're going to get the, I believe it's a righty going up against them at the starting end. Then Seattle bullpen is horrible. Um, and Malone does give up a whole lot of hard contact, a whole lot of ISO to both sides of the plate. And looking at his pitch type, yeah, he's got an all right slider, but he's essentially throwing real slow sliders, changeups. He's due for some negative regression here. I love Minnesota. They're the top stack on the slate. Yeah, Nelson Cruz profiles is one of the highest um, guys in my model today. So I really like Nelson Cruz here. Profiles really well against Malone. Milwaukee at Houston, seven and a half total. Uh, Brandon Woodruff against Justin Verlander. Verlander, 136 favorite. Uh, a lot of respect here, um, as there should be for Brandon Woodruff. 3.31 uh, XFIP, 29.5% K rate. Uh, many interests here. Yeah, I think he's he's the guy in the seven K range. I'm going to go with most Woodruff near 30% K rate. He's doing well this season, really well. 
It's a tough matchup going up against Houston, but obviously they're not the same Houston team we're used to. There is a good amount of lefties, and obviously Woodruff struggle against lefties, which is why I'm not going all in on him. And some other people, other people are going to be kind of the same way. But he's going to be one of the chalkier pitchers on the slate, and I'm still willing to roll with it here. Uh, it's seven six is just way too cheap considering his upside, regardless of what the matchup is. Yeah, and you know Springer, Altuve, Correa all out right now, so not like not oh, your typical. They have a hitter now that's as good of all as all of them combined. Alvarez, man, he's a beast. Um, yeah, so I don't hate Woodruff here for tournaments. Um, again, I think I'd play Miklos in cash, uh, but Woodruff is certainly a guy I'm looking at uh, as far as Verlander on the other side of this game. Milwaukee's a really good baseball team, um, and Verlander gives up a ton of hard contact with a ton of fly balls, but dude still has a 15% swinging strike rate and misses a lot of bats. Um, Verlander firmly in play here. It's just for me. Um I think I'm going to go and save some money in cash, but I'll have plenty of exposure to Verlander in tournaments. I mean, yes, Milwaukee's a very good team here, but it's not a great hitting ballpark for lefties. And Verlander, 38% K rate to lefties. There's going to be Gamble. There's going to be Yelich, Moustakas probably, Grandal, Thameshaw, all lefties here. The ceiling is just through the roof. He goes later into games here. Verlander is the top play on the slate, and... The only reason to fade him is ownership, which obviously can happen. Yeah, I think ownership is one of the reasons. I, I think price um, is another reason um, for me, anyway. Like I like again, I think that there's just some spots on the slate that I I want bats. Like bats keep winning everything, and I feel like I, I can play Luke C and Mikolas in cash, and I'll be fine. So. That's kind of why I'm not looking at Verlander in cash, but I still think he's a phenomenal play. Yeah. Um, Milwaukee Bats. Is there anybody willing to take against Verlander here? Yelich, and he's going to go super low-owned. He was super cheap or low-owned today, and, I mean, he's he's that good that I don't care. Verlander's fantastic versus lefties. He still gives up a 50% fly ball rate, a 40% hard contact rate. Yelich can very easily hit the ball of the park, and he doesn't strike out a huge clip. So he's the guy I'd go with. Maybe Moustakas if you really want, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I respect Verlander. I don't want to go crazy here with the Milwaukee Bats, but you know, like you mentioned, Yelich is going to be really low-owned. So a little interest in Yelich. Um, that's really it. Moustakas' profile is terrible against Verlander, so... Yeah, I'm going to pass on everybody outside of maybe having a team with Yelich. Um, as far as Houston goes, is there anybody you want to play here for Houston? Alvarez is still too cheap at 4K. The guy is pretty much an automatic home run every single night. If you would have started off the season on Houston, then he'd be on pace to double the home run record, um, averaging a full one per game, two-game sample size. But this kid is really good. He had 23 home runs and triple uh, A, like 60 games, something like that. And Woodruff, he's a lot worse versus lefties. Gives up more fly balls, gives up a lot more hard contact. Profiles perfectly for him. Brantley's a good play. Bregman, you can always play. It's looking like Woodruff's going to be the chalk. I don't mind a stack here because he still can give up a decent amount of runs and give up some bombs. Outside of them, I mean, Fisher, Giriel, Torinos, Reddick, Kemp, are all, and Mayfield are all fine. But at, unless I'm stacking, they're not going to find their way into my lineups. Yep, uh, I like Alvarez, I like Brantley, I like Bregman, that's really it. Um, I don't even love Brant Bregman, but he's just so good. And he doesn't strike out, he's very good at the plate. So uh, I think he's the guy that could take advantage of it. If I'm playing Brantley and I'm playing Alvarez, I don't mind playing Bregman as well, make it a three-man. Uh, Detroit at Kansas City, we have Daniel Norris against Danny Duffy, nine total. Duffy's a 154 favorite here. Any interest in Daniel Norris? Nope. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I like left-handed pitchers against Kansas City. It's just he's just not that good. Um, no strikeout upside and just a lot of hard contact in general. Um, Duffy on the other side, any interest in him here against Detroit? Lots of interest in Duffy. Another one of these 7K guys that is going to be a staple in my lineups here. Uh, 
Duffy is an all right pitcher looking at his numbers since the beginning of last year. Not a great XFIP, walks a good amount of guys, but he used to have a decent K rate. And he's going up against Detroit here, who has some Ks versus lefties here. And Duffy struggles a whole lot more this year versus lefties than he does righties. I think it's more splits neutral than anything, but with all the righties in this lineup here, I don't see a whole lot of downside. The weather over in Kaufman is going to be 69 degrees, winds blowing in a little bit, not terribly humid. Good, good pitching weather here, and so I really like Duffy here. Plus, their their bullpen's so bad; they're fine. If he's pitching, they'll let him go to one ten, one twelve pitches. Yeah, uh, I don't hate Duffy. Um, I like other pitches in this range more than I like Duffy, but you know, I, I can certainly play him in tournaments here. I don't like him as much as you, but I can certainly see why you like him. A lot of strikeouts in the bottom half of this lineup for sure for Detroit, um, Kansas City bats. You know, it's hard not to like Whit Merrifield here. He profiles really well against Daniel Norris. Um, Solaire, Hunter Dozier um, expected back here. So I, I like Hunter Dozier if he gets activated from the IL today. Yep, yep. Whit and Dozier are the two guys I would go with, but the weather's not great. Norris is really bad. Expect some ownership to be on Kansas City, but even though it's giving up a whole bunch of bombs this year, it's because it's been hot in a lot of those spots. I don't. I don't really plan on using too much, too many Royals today. Fair enough. San Diego at San Francisco, seven and a half total. Joey Lucchese against Sean Anderson. Um, any interest here in Lucchese? Nope. Would much rather go up to Barrios. Um, not going to use Lucchese probably at all. People are going to be on him. He's going to be the chalk because of his price tag outside of Verlander, and he is going up against San Fran. It is in San Fran, um, but because he doesn't really go that late into the game and. A lot of these San Fran bats aren't really huge strikeout bats. Looking at their lineup, pretty much everyone is around 8 to 12%. I mean, Austin's in there, but he's a power bat, so that it hurts Lucchese more than anything. I'm fine with him as a pitcher, but I'm, I'm probably going to avoid him here. It's a moderately chalky guy. Yeah, uh, he's one of my favorite pitchers on the slate. I've kind of already said it a couple times. This team, lowest WOBA, lowest WRC+, 24% K rate. Only 13 home runs against left-handed pitching this season, which is the third fewest in baseball. Everything really sets up well here for Luke AC, including the ballpark. Um, this team, like I said, one of the worst teams in baseball against lefties. I do agree with Grant. I do think he'll be pretty popular here. So ownership-wise, if you think he's going to be popular, there's always reasons to fade. But I like Luke AC enough that I, I think I'm just going to play him and be done with it, um, especially in cash games and tournaments. There's a ton of options up here at the top that you can you know, get away from Luke AC. But... 3.72 XFIP, 24.4% strikeout rate. Uh, very good against lefties. They're going to usually have Panic and Belt in there. Um, if Yastra Mazinski, I guess that's how you say it, um, is in there. He's another lefty. So you're adding some lefties in there as well. Austin, really the only bat that I'm worried about here. So I, I like Luke Casey a lot. Um, any interest here in Sean Anderson? Nope. Not a good K guy. And. I mean, it's interesting because he is going up against San Diego, and if there weren't a whole bunch of – if he was down in the 5K range, it would be a different story. But uh, even going up against a high strikeout San Diego, I don't really have much interest in him considering I can go up 600 more to Malone or Mikolas, 800 to Duffy, or 1,000 up to Woodruff. It just doesn't make sense to me to play Sean Anderson. Yeah, he's not, not very good either. Um, Yastrzemski is what I meant to say. Um, yeah, Anderson's not a guy that profiles is like a, a top end starter and the Padres, even though they strike out a ton against random pitching, I just, I don't think I could pull the trigger. I wish I would have pulled the trigger yesterday on BD though. The more research I did, the more I liked him and I just never really like pulled the trigger. Um, Padres bats. I, I know. I don't even think he ended up doing great, but you know, I'm not results oriented. Uh, well, what do you like for the board Paxton by like 25 points? Did he? I don't know what he ended up with. I mean, Paxton got negative ten. I think. I think BD <laughs> fifteen. So yeah, not 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 great. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm okay with some power bats from the Padres. I mean, Tatis, Machado, Naylor, Renfro are all fine options for Emil Reyes. All fine options. It's not a great ballpark, so I wouldn't full stack here. But a uh, few. Few ready power. Now you can actually uh, stack here. No one's going to stack San Fran and Anderson. Just not very good and gives up a whole lot of hard contact here. Some of these guys can actually hit the ball in the air, like 
Naylor or Machado or Kinsler or Franmil. Um, and they're going to come in at near 0% ownership. Any of them can hit a bomb. So I don't hate a little mini stack here with power bats or power bats is one off. You know, I like my boy Franmil here uh, for sure. Uh, I think he's certainly a good tournament play. Tatis is always a guy that I like to play against low strikeout pitchers, and Anderson hasn't shown a ton of strikeout upside. So, like Tatis, I like Reyes. Machado's eventually going to get it going, and he's just he continues to be super cheap. So, if you want to play him, I don't hate it. Uh, as far as the Giants, I really don't have any interest in the Giants outside of maybe playing Tyler Austin as a one-off um, on a team that doesn't have Luke AC. Yep, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, there's no good bats here. Luke Casey's good enough. He doesn't give up a whole lot of fantasy points. It's Austin, and that's it. It looks like they um, priced Machado up a little bit today. It's 3,900 instead of like 35 where he's been for you know a couple weeks. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Grant, give me a guy under 8K on the main slate to get six or more strikeouts today. I'm going, I'm going with I'll, – I'll let you have Woodruff. I'll take Keller. Uh, I'm going to take Mikolas. Uh-huh. Don't mind that either. Um, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust up top? Eflin. Eflin. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Merrill Kelly. Uh, over 4K to hit a home run. We don't have cores, so we don't have to worry about it. Oh, gosh. I was not prepared for this. You got anything before I find mine? I'm going to take a guy that I don't think a lot of people will play today. And that's uh, Jorge Soler. I'm going with Tatis. All right. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap guy you got today? Man, really should have been more prepared for this for this line of questioning here. It's and like you... you've never done the podcast before. Yeah. No, I, I really fudged up here. I'm going super ballsies and go with Avila. All right. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, let's see. Two hits, cheap bat. Give me. Oh, he's he's right over the price point. Um, give me a uh, Tellus uh, Rowdy. All right. He's three for his last thirty-one, and I'm calling two hits today. So. It's ballsy. Boom, happening. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Diamondbacks. Arizona. Kind of could have guessed that. I mean, there's only uh, two stacks that I love today. One's Arizona and one's the one I'm guessing you're going to pick. I was going to say Toronto and Baltimore, I feel like, are too easy. Give me Minnesota. Yep, that's the other one I love. So, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, no, just know I still love you, James Paxton, even though you, you treat me terribly. All right. On that note, we're going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. See you, kids.